It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts Come on, quit stalling! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. Hope everybody's had a good week. It's been... Um, it's been, what, about two weeks since uh, you heard from us. I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, I am back with my uh, with my partner, Chris. Mr. Craig, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Um, doing well. Doing It's been a long week, but a, a good weekend. And um, you and I have a KISS concert coming up in a couple of days, and we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that on the next podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've... It's, this is beating a dead horse. I've said many times before, I'm not really a Kiss fan, so anybody that's listening to this probably like, why are you going to see Kiss? Because it's it's something I'll regret if I don't go, and it's a big show, and there's at least a few, there's at least enough of their songs to keep me entertained. So I just, I want to be able to say I saw them, even though I'm not seeing the original four, still get to see them. Well, I've seen them twice, and they put on, um, whether you like them or not, they put on one heck of a show. That's what I hear. And um, this is my sister's been, who's any, I mean, if, uh, I mean, I look like a Kiss fanatic compared to her, and uh, she said they're great. Yes, I'm. I'm really, uh, really looking forward to it, and we're going to have Steve Wright from the Potter Than Hell podcast on next week, and uh, he uh, is as big of a Kiss fan as I know, and so we're going to discuss the concert, and then uh, we're going to discuss some of our favorite Kiss songs. Um, well, K- K- Chris, I'm hoping it's going to be a good week for you and I going to see Kiss. It has not been a good week for our. Uh, for uh, Ryan Adams, has it? Nah, I mean, it's, that, that, was, that was disappointing to hear that he's a scumbag. I mean, I mean, everybody, I mean, we're at the end of the day, he's just a human, I guess. And, you know, I'm not condoning because I wouldn't at all. But what I'm saying is you can't ever, you can't ever be too surprised, I guess is what I'm saying with people. You know, the funny thing about it is he's got this reputation of being, you know, temperamental and hard to work with yeah. or whatever. But, None of this has ever leaked out, at least to the point that that I know. And I think between you and me, I mean, we're above average Ryan Adams fans. I mean, we both, I think, have everything he's ever put out. But but at the same time, it's like, um, and people, if you don't know all this, we'll touch on on it here in a second. But it's it's like Harvey Weinstein. You know, we didn't know as fans of his movies, we didn't know that. But you start hearing that people in the industry knew. 
Right. And now it seems like there is a huge reputation, and you're ha- you're having a lot of people say, "Yeah, he did that to one of my friends." And um, so, and the one thing I would say before we get to what he actually did that I've see- I've been reading a lot on is, and of course I know this story. Anybody who knows anything about Ron Adams knows there's that legendary story where, yeah, he was play he somebody was taunting him playing play summer '69, and you know, and I know the the legend, which is true that. He uh, stopped the show and he gave that guy 40 bucks and told him to leave the show. And what I didn't know, though, that I'm reading is he had to go to therapy for that. And what kind of what people are reading between the lines is this guy's like, he's unstable. He's kind of, I mean, I think there's, there, he, he might be a little bit mentally ill. The fact that somebody play, saying play summer 69 has you that worked up and you, you need to seek therapy for it. I mean, there's kind of a, when you know that kind of story, that's when you're like, oh, yeah, I guess he is kind of an, an odd dude. But before I even go on too much of that, like I said, anybody that doesn't know this, just look it up. But just um, kind of, I mean, not quite as extreme as like Harvey Weinstein, but still kind of the same thing, basically uh, um, wanting sexual favors for his help. And if they didn't, then all hell to pay. Um, and then there's like, story. then there's like 3,200 text messages between him and an underage female uh, musician. Yeah, so. yeah and, they're, and the FBI is investigating him. Right. You know, because they're, and like, there may be proof. We don't know. And, you know, if there is any proof, and, and they can tie it to him, you know, people would say, well, yeah, but it won't happen to him. What happened to Anthony Weiner? And the guy was big enough to be running for mayor of New York City. Right, and so if a if a if a mayoral candidate of New York City can go to prison for sexting a minor, then you better believe Ron Adams can. Well, um, we don't know if he did that. No, we don't know that. But my wife and I, we were we were driving um, uh, out of town the day that it broke, and I was driving, and she a lot of times will get on her phone and read Twitter or whatever while we're driving, and she was like, uh, she goes, uh oh, or something like that, and I'm like, what? And she was like, Ron Adams. Uh, article in Rolling Stone, and she read the headline, and I and I'm I'm thinking in my head, it said like long history of of you know doing that kind of stuff, and in my head I'm like oh long history it's got to be Brian Adams not Ryan Adams, and I was like Brian Adams she says no you're Ryan Adams, and she started yeah Brian comes off as a nice guy yeah like, that would have really shocked me and so she just started re- reading it and I was just like oh no oh no. And then it got to the part about, you know, the underage girl. And I was like, oh, man. And um, that night I, I went out to eat with a friend of mine. And uh, riding back, um, I was like, you know, this is going to this is gonna really, this is probably going to put the end to the Ryan Adams fandom. And, you know, I was just thinking like, it, you, like you, we had a big group text with some friends of ours that are all big Ryan Adams fans. And like Jason Isabel didn't pull any punches. Somebody asked him, do they believe it? And he just goes, yep. On Twitter, which, you know, just leads me to believe that he'd already seen some red flags. Yeah, and and as far as one thing I want to touch on, too, and he said it's change your fandom. I mean, that, what it'll change for me is obviously I don't – I'm not going to feel too comfortable wearing my Ryan Adams T-shirt. But, um, you know, I, I'm still going to watch Pulp Fiction. You know what I'm saying? Harvey Weinstein, that's one of my – I mean, it's still one of my favorite movies. Um it's going to be hard for me to just turn off his music, but it might be hard to even get your hands on new music because that has been 
that, that I mean, that, that a new album was coming out in what April, and it has been shelved. The pre-orders, which I was, all the pre-orders have been canceled. Um, so he's he's in a uh, he's in a really bad situation right now, and you know, deservingly so. And you know, the thing is, you can you wonder, well, did he do it, or we we don't know for sure. If your ex-wife is coming out talking about what a just scumbag you are, there's probably there's probably some truth there. And and in his denial, I noticed, you know, he, he was, you know, basically like F off, F you to, to the Daily... Uh, who reported it? Was it Roll, I think it was Rolling Stone. Well, I think, it, I think it may have been the Times that he put a post on. I don't know if you saw it, but he... Uh, he did that the day before he knew the story was coming out, and then once the story came out, he took it down. It may have been an attorney telling him to do that. I don't know, but um, once you lawyer up like that in your apology, you could kind of read in his apology between the lines, or it wasn't like if if you or I are accused of that, we're going to be flat out screaming from the top of our lungs, "We didn't do that." And you know what? I'm not going to be apologizing if I saying I'm sorry if I did anything wrong to whatever. If I know I didn't do it, I'm not apologizing for Dick. Right. You know, and he is. Well, you know, I don't know if you saw it in the last day or so. Liz Fair has come out and said she had a similar experience with him. You know, and, and Liz Fair is not someone that's like trying to be an up and coming musician that he can kind of dangle that carrot in front of. I mean, she's established. I mean, she's honestly probably as, as big as he is, you know? And so, I don't know. That, um, that's a bad, uh, that's a bad, bad, bad situation, and you just, you just never know. Well, it's, it's not, you know, in a best, the best case scenario is he ends up, you know, being found guilty of anything, um, but and then he eventually releases his records independently, or finds some label that's desperate, you know, kind of like a. Well, see, he owned he owned his own record label. I, well, it's a distributor, it's a distributor, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but he can find some way to get that record out there, some other kind of distribution, something like that. You know, just like you know, somebody that needs that artist, needs that pool, just like when you get a, uh, yeah, okay, uh, I'm sitting here watching this uh, new football league right now. I've got it on TV. It makes me think, uh, here's a good example, that running back that kicked that woman. Um, what's his name? Kareem Hunt. He got kicked off the Chiefs, and he just got picked up by um, Cleveland. So what I'm, where I'm going with this is, Somebody will give him a chance to put out his music, but it's going to have a lasting impact, and I think forever impact, because his shows will be less, um, and people are always going to look at him differently. Well, Chris, he's not going to be putting out any new music anytime soon, but uh, there are a lot of people that are, and um, I know you and I have several um, new music recommendations for people um, this week. I know you've got two or three, so why don't you, yeah. uh, why don't you rattle yours off? Well, since we've got so many to discuss, I won't spend a ton of time on them, but I'll go with the newest one released, which was the new Ron Bingham. People that aren't familiar with him, singer-songwriter, you know, he's going to kind of get lumped in, I guess, as maybe kind of country, but he's, he's, he's not. Some of the stuff, I guess, kind of um, has elements of that. This record is more, this new one, it's called American Love Song, and it's more, it's more rocking than a lot of the stuff. And, I mean, I... I I don't. Well, I'll have to live with it for a while to say what I. I think it's his fifth album. I have to live with it a while to see what I think where it would where I would rank it. Way too early to do that, but it's not too early to say it's so much better than the last album he put out. I was I was kind of disappointed with the last one, 
and this one so far, really, really liking it. Like I said, it's um, it's a little bit more of a rockin'. Still got the you know, the, the slow singer songwriter types, but if you want to check it out, you're not real familiar with him. The, I would try start with a song called Pontiac. There's a, a song called Wolves that's great, and there's a song on it called Got. I have to say it slowly so you know what I'm saying. Got damn blues, and um, you know, kind of to me, it almost has like a similar sound to um, that uh, that last Sunbolt record. You know, the kind of the bluesy type sound mm-hmm. that, that Ferrar did. It's kind of got that type type sound, I think. So, really like that one a lot. The and then I guess it was about two weeks ago. Well, I, real quick, weeks. real quick on that, I um, I had two of his out. Al- I had those two albums that Mark Ford did. Was it yeah. like Mescalero and um, oh, I forget that one. It had like a Mr. Dylan's Hard Rain on it and stuff like that. Yeah, that was the second one. Um, and so I, I really haven't listened to him much since then. But when you told me about that, I was at work the other day and um, pulled it up on Spotify. And the first couple of songs to me sounded like they more ha- had more of a kind of a pop tinge that I had ever remembered him having. Yeah, I mean, I don't hear the pop. I, I hear, but what well, I, I mean, just more, more, just more. more yeah, yeah, more, more easy, more mainstream. Yeah, sound, yeah, I guess is what yeah. you say. Not, not Towns Van Zandt. Yeah, you know, like which is one of his heroes. Um, not that he's ever ripped that guy off or sounds just like him, but he's kind of in that vein of that sing, that Texas singer songwriter. But um, yeah, I, I would say that this album would be a, a good one for you to try if you want to revisit him again. Like I know you said you already did, but maybe get through the album listen to it because i think there may be some stuff on there you like uh like i said just kind of a it's a it's a it's a it's really a rock record i think but um but he's just i just think he's got a great voice he's like a jay ferrar too in the fact that when he's in his 20s he sounded like he was a 50 year old man oh yeah he said he sounds like a he's been smoking for 40 years and drinking whiskey yeah but that's it's a it's a good record worth checking out and about two three weeks ago the uh, the latest Bob Mold record came out called Sunshine Rock, and uh, appropriate name because I did read he was, you know his his songs have always been, I guess kind of lacking the uh, optimistic view of life, the world, everything, and he he tried to write in a, he tried to write a happier album and a more uplifting positive album, and I really like it. One of my buddies who's a bit, that's also a big Bob Mould fan, he said that it reminds him of the first Sugar record, Copper Blue, which it's a it's a really big compliment. But yeah, it's it's still, but still the I mean it's got the typical Bob Mould sound to it. You know, it's it's still noisy. It's um, he, the the man can just write a great song. Like I said, a little bit more positive. Um, I, w- I would check that one out. Yeah, that thing has popped up all over my like social media. Um, and, and Facebook with people, um, people liking it. He's one like, like if, like if you're like, hey, go listen to Bob Mo, I go listen to it. Like, I don't turn it off. You know, it's, um, it's just kind of a lot of it's. I found really easy to listen to compared to Husker Do. It is well, they're 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 night and day. I mean, they're absolutely night and day. And I will say, Husker Do, if you listen to the the later Husker Do. Excuse me. He was starting to move more into that direction. The band was starting to move more into that. You know, you listen to the, you listen to Zen Arcade, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to sound like his solo albums. They're, they're raw. They're super noisy. They're more punk, bordering on heart fringes of on on the area of hardcore. And yeah, that's that's not solo Bob Mold. That wasn't Sugar. You know, he he definitely has more of a pop sound 
to his music now. And um, final new record that I've been listening to, and I'm going to name one other after this, but the new record I've been listening to is New Afternoise came out. And, you know, if you all listen to us regularly, you, you know that we had, you know, we had Casey Elwert, the, um, one of the guitarists on. And, yeah, I was, I've told the story uh, how I, I won't get into it. You can go listen to that, that again, that, or listen to it for the first time, maybe, the interview I did, we did with him. But uh, really, really love this band. They, they really kind of opened doors for me, to, to be honest. And um, I think if Casey hears this, I, I mean, I, I mean that in all sincerity. It kinda, and David, David knows this as well as, I, as anyone, that I've started listening to what people would call really weird, odd metal. And um, I like to refer to it as just kind of an experimental sound. And I think this was kind of that gateway for me, started making me reach out a little bit. And um, But this album is, because the first album was very, uh, like I heard it referred to, I think they even added it on their, their Twitter, they referred to themselves as Dream Thrash. Uh, soft, clean you know, vocals, uh, something that you like you'd hear in an XMU, but with pounding double bass, blast, you know, blast beats, just thrashy music. And really a weird combination. With a new record, they still keep a lot of those elements, but it's a little less on the metal side as than air. This one, this one's self-titled, and it's not a bad thing. It's just it's a little bit different. You know, the it's not it's still still crazy fast. You know, thrash double bass drums are there, but not an old thing. Um, and I hear I know that Casey is a big. You know, he, he comes in a lot of the poppy punk emo type sound. I hear a lot of those elements on this that I didn't necessarily hear on the first one, and it still, but it still has still has the they stick to the basic formula. Still has the shoegaze sound. Still has that some of that thrash sound. Still, like I said, the double bass pounding drums. But like it, it's a, a it's almost like they you know they didn't they didn't wanted to make the, they didn't want to make air part two. And you know you got to respect that. And I do I do really like the record. It's really good. Um, and they recorded was, it under secrecy. Yeah, that's what was odd, you know, because when we when we interviewed him, obviously they had to. When was that? That was less than a year ago. So you know where they were writing it. Yeah, right. they may not have taken it into the studio yet, but you know they had plans to. And he said, "Hey, we're just going to keep doing air." And um, and yeah, people were shocked when all of a sudden, hey, new album out. And um, and so it seems like they're picking up more steam, which I'm I'm really happy for those guys. They they seem to be. I see their names popping up and a lot more, um, a lot more websites, uh, trade magazine stuff. Uh, they're getting, they continue to get big tours. They're right now they're, they're opening. I think they started a tour They're They're on the bill with, um, between the Barry to me, which is you know, a huge name in the metal world. Another one of those kind of experimental bands, but check this record out, you know, try out, uh, first two songs are really the ones that they released first and they're phenomenal. I start with those, a new color, I dream in lines. But really, really solid record from those guys. And David, I know you, you you listen to it some as well. Yeah, I haven't made it all the way through it just because I get caught up having to listen to other things, preparing for a podcast or whatever. The My initial impression was I think I've listened to like the first three songs. It's it's more mellow than the first album. And like you said, the uh, the double bass drum is not as, um, not as prominent. Um, actually, from what I've heard so far, I like it better than the first album. Yeah, it's 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 definitely really good. I, I don't. I'm I'm not. 
I, it's hard for me to say either way where I lean right now. Without the same, same way as where I put Ryan Bingham, I'm not going to rank him yet. It's too new. But it is good. Check him out. The final thing I was going to say as far as new music, and then we'll let you go over what you're listening to, and I'll have a few more things to talk about. This was kind of going, I thought this is a nice segue to we're talking about some of the more experimental, and this was one that Casey did recommend to me a while back, and I listen to him every now and then. I've been listening to him more and more now. It's a band called uh, Panopticon. Wait, Panopticon, yes, Panopticon. Um, this is, uh, David, this is uh, Death Heaven level odd, <laughs> but um, maybe even more odd, because it's, um, get this, a blend of folk and bluegrass and black metal. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel like I almost have to be making this up, but I'm not. And I think the guy's from Kentucky. It's mainly one guy that does all this stuff. And, um, you know, the album Kentucky is really cool because it goes back and forth with, like, bluegrass music and and black metal stuff with still bluegrass instrumentation going on in the background. And, I mean, so that's a cool record. They put out several, but then the other they did – um, about a year or two ago called The Scars of... This is a long title. I have to read this because I could never remember this. The Scars of Man on the Once Nameless Wilderness, Part 1, and then The Scars of Man on the Once Nameless Wilderness, Part 2. Part 1 is just what I'm talking about, that black metal with uh, folk sounds mixed in it. And the second one is just dark, um, haunting folk bluegrass music and david i would suggest listening to that record because it's not it's not metal it doesn't have the screechy vocals it's just it's really really cool and when we were texting with with um you'll appreciate this when we were texting back and forth with steve earlier i thought you know what we got i got dylan in the deaf heaven yeah that's that's steve's son and now he really likes him and so let me tell him about this band he had just recently discovered them, and this is where I said you'll appreciate this. I said, I said you need to you need to force BC to listen to this. I said <laughs> he will be extremely confused. <laughs> but but that's not, and that's like I said, that's not necessarily new music. It's just something I've been listening to lately, and I, I know that since we've done this, a lot of, there's been several people that have started listening to Death Heaven that ordinarily wouldn't have. And so, if that intrigues you, folk bluegrass with the black metal elements. You, you need... Know, and it, it, Go ahead. And again, not not like... And it's not that same... That just like as in Death Heaven isn't that nihilistic hell Satan, neither is this. So you don't have to worry about that part of it. You need to uh, you need to text me that name because I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying on that. Yeah, it's... I had to look with that. It's, it's, I will text it, but it's Panopticon. Okay. And um, it, I, I didn't even... I was like, what in the world is this? And it says it's some kind of institutional building and system of control when I didn't really read much further on that. But hey, anyway, speaking so some of, form of a prison, I guess. Speaking of BC, next time we see him, we need his autograph. I don't know if you saw or not. Uh, he's in the new Lizzie Borden video. Is it out? You told me he was going to yeah. be in it. Yeah, it's out. Oh, I, can you, I mean, does he play? A, is he clearly um, I, th- I think it's like, I think I, I just kind of had to glance at it the other day. I didn't have time to actually like just really watch it, but it's like it's a real. I think it's some like real fast shots, but <clears throat> yeah, they recorded it at, a, at like a bar or something. 
near where he was, and he found out he was going to be there. You know, and, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I I love me some DC. Man, me too. Uh, I I do too. Uh, They don't make them any better than him. Um, Well, I've just got one new thing and one kind of a reissue thing. The reissue thing is um, there's this label, I believe, out of England called Rock Candy Records. And um, they go around and get like... um, uh, bands that uh, didn't really make it or or maybe labels have dropped them or whatever and reissue some of their music and they recently reissued um the only album from john karabi's band the scream and i have not had this on cd in a long time chris uh burned me a copy uh i have had it on my computer but um i bought that you know and they ship it to you from england so it took like 10 days or two weeks for it to get to me it sounds so good and it's been a long time since I listened to that record. And a song on there that, honestly, I completely forgot about called You're All That I Need. Uh, it's a b- big, great song. big, booming ballad. And I'm like, man, how in the world was that not, you know, all over MTV? Because, I mean, that just has the booming chorus and vocals. It's just amazing. Is there anything new on it? They, they No, it's not anything new. They have a concert on there. It's like six or seven songs. Um, just audio though. Yeah, yeah, but okay. uh, it was only like thirteen, fourteen dollars, and like I said, it takes a little bit for it to get here. Uh, and now that I have bought it, I've seen several people on Instagram or whatever posting pictures of it. So um, it sounds really, really good. It's just a little bit. The mix is a little bit louder, you know, than the original version. Um, but uh, man, <clears throat> that was a great. You know, that was a great CD. I had that on cassette, and I wish I still had it. You know, I course now because all the all the hipsters even like they're even trying to they're even selling cassettes at shows but i threw away all my cassettes and the cassette you know it didn't have that skull with the flames on it it had a band photo in black and white and i actually like it better than that that i mean you can probably you can probably find it if you google it find the band photo cover of let it scream that's uh that's cool yeah but i you know that yeah they didn't they didn't get big or anything but you know they did they were on MTV and yeah. um because I, I had that I, I was either eighth or ninth grade I remember buying that cassette and I remember you know I was recently telling you and Kate in this and he, he was like man that's really cool you know this is back in the time when when we had you remember when you had in your Walkman you had those headphones sometimes you had the ones where they would the whatever you call the part that would go over your head on the head on the headphones uh, sometimes I had these kind that you could unsnap an actual speaker from that. And so I'd unsnap that and I'd run that through my sleeve and just put my head, you know, against my arm and listen to music. And I remember I just wore that out during class. (laughs) Um, I wore that cassette out during class. But yeah, that's a classic, classic record. Yeah. So if anybody out there, just go to find, look up Rock Candy Records. And then the other thing that I've been listening to that I'm really liking is uh, the latest album from the Rival Sons. It's called Feral Roots. I have really wanted to like this band for a long time and um, I would listen to their albums and there would be two or three songs on there that I thought were really good. And then the rest just for whatever reason, didn't, didn't really do anything for me, but the stuff that they had that I liked, I really liked. So they had been on a schedule where they were releasing like an album every year, every 18 months. And it's been a couple of years since they've released one because they opened up, I believe I'm right. Every show on, um, 
Black Sabbath's farewell tour all across Europe, all across the world, all across North America. And so I saw that, you know, they had a new album coming out and um, I forgot who they got to produce it. But um, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be a lot heavier, you know, because they toured with Sabbath. It's actually the opposite. Um, There's probably three heavy songs on it and the rest of it is, is somewhat mellow. Whereas in the past, I would listen to their albums. It'd be two or three songs I'd really like. I think it's 11 or 12 songs on this album. There's only one that I don't like. Um, and um, it's doing really well. They, uh, they're they headlining now um, and uh, getting great crowds. And unlike, um, let's say, Greta Van Fleet, who's like a complete ripoff, Rival Sons, they tip their hat to the past, but they're also their own their own person. And uh, I really think this album is gonna gonna take them to, to headlining status because people are just aching for a new rock band. Even though this is like their fifth album, to a lot of people they're gonna be new. And like I said, it's a little more mellow. Uh, the song "Feral Roots" is awesome. The song uh, "Shooting Star" at the end is has like a gospel tinge to it. And of course, "Do Your Worst" was the single, and uh, "Back in the Woods." Those are kind of two heavy songs. But uh, if you're out there and you're just a fan of just good rock and roll, uh, I highly suggest "Feral Roots" uh, by the Rival Sons. Um, I don't see any way it doesn't. If if it doesn't make it into my top ten this year, then we've had one heck of a year of music. Are they a southern band? No, uh-uh. They're uh, L.A. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I did when you were you, you posted a lot about that, and I. I listened to it some of I listened to some of it and I didn't hate it at all. But it, it wasn't anything that just grabbed me. But it definitely isn't bad. And you know, and I know people will say they'll also say, Well they're all where you said they, they acknowledge like their roots and all that and Yeah. I don't I know people also kinda of give them the Zeppelin comparison, but they 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 sound like their own band. I mean hundred percent. You know, like that a Greta Van Fleet to me it real Greta Van Fleet is really a, a joke. I mean, I cannot take them seriously. I mean, I think they are, like I've said it before, it's the biggest ripoff band I've ever seen in my entire life. And they just flat out say, no, we weren't influenced by Led Zeppelin. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, I don't know a whole lot about Rival Sons. Maybe I need to listen to them more. And since you say some of the older stuff is heavier, maybe you need to check that out because, I mean, all the stuff I'm naming, you know, the, yeah, most of it, pretty much all of it, it is rock, but it's not just straight up rock and roll right. and stuff. And well, sometimes I need that. Well, they even came down to a Muscle Shoals and recorded three songs. So they have three songs that have a little bit of kind of an R&B um, vibe to it, um, which is uh, which is really cool. But yeah. You're listening out there, Rival Sons. At least give them a listen. I, I think most of you probably like it. Um, Chris, you were talking about Greta Van Fleet. They won a Grammy this year for Rock Album of the Year. Um, so, but I know neither they one. Did, they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, people. So, I mean, that, I mean, I, as much as I like think Eddie Trunk's annoying, and hey, look at me, I'm Eddie Trunk. I know, I know rock stars. I mean. This is one thing where he is certainly right on. Where he always says the Grammys are just clueless. It's like they don't get it at all. I mean, how in the world is that best rock record? Um, and I hadn't even heard it. And again, I'll use the line I always use, like paraphrasing, yeah, no, or no Gallagher, or was it Liam? It was Liam? It was Liam? Yeah, I, I don't have to hear it to know I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard enough of them. I, I know I won't like it. Um, well, it, and the album that won Album of the Year was actually 
I think it was may have been even the well no I, I I got that wrong it was the latest one that came out well but also on the Grammys um they always have a montage of people that died and some of the people they have up there are really obscure you know a lot of times record producers and band directors and stuff like that and this year they left off Vinnie Paul from Pantera and. Whether you like Pantera or not, they were a highly, highly successful, had a number one album, um, you know, and one of the more influential metal bands of the last, you know, 20 or 30 years, and, and they left Vinnie Paul off. Yeah, that's just another one where just they, they just don't seem to get it. I mean, this is... Pantera, I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't watch the Grammys because, I mean, they, even the Rock Awards, they don't even play them. They don't even play the Rock Awards, um, whoever wins them. And, and somebody was saying how there's some guy, I, I don't know what his name is, but I think he's some kind of like a hip-hop artist or whatever, but he likes rock. Oh, it's that Post he, Malone. Yeah, and he had somebody play with him. I can't remember Air who. Smith. Well, and it's like, the, like somebody said, if it wasn't for him, like give him at least a little bit of credit. If it wasn't for him, there would have been no rock on the on the show. But they just don't. They don't care about it, and they just want everybody have more people to say, "Hey, rock's dead." Well, it's not. And, and you talk about Vinnie Paul, about what a big, you know, omission that was. I mean, they probably again, I didn't see the Grammys, but I would guess, I would guess they probably sold. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold more records than anybody that they showed. Right on there, you know, they they were really, I mean, a ton of records, number one album. I mean, a Billboard number one album. I think upon its release, it was number went straight to number one. Right. Um, that deserves some kind of acknowledgement. They didn't show that. Just as you know, people were pointing out other big misses. You, you think about a couple years ago when Janie Lane of Warrant when he died. I mean, my God, how big was was Warrant at one time? You know, you think back to Cherry Pie, how big that album was, and didn't even mention him when he died. Crying but, shame. Man, just because just, just you don't like the music. It's the same thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just because you don't like it, it doesn't make it any less important. Right. Like, I don't like Blondie, but I'm not going to put up an argument because they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, they should be. And I mean, I like Blondie, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. They, It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it. it's not about, I don't know, it just, it's, Grammys, Hall of Fame, all that. I mean, Hall of Fame's at least doing a little bit better these days, but the Grammys, my God. And popular music is just... I mean, look to the... I know we didn't even discuss talking about this in our... Um, when we talked about how we were going to do this podcast, but you look at the Super Bowl, and you know Adam Levine had come out, famously said that rock is dead, and people aren't interested in rock anymore. And yet he comes out and plays his total crap fest and i've never seen any halftime show just destroyed as much as that is so and levine maybe they're not maybe your kind of music's dead too right. because, yeah. man they they certainly didn't like it i mean i've never seen i know you said all oh, he's laughing audibly at the bank nobody likes to get you know crapped on that much that, i mean that that that's gonna hurt anybody and he may be not, one of the worst singers i've ever heard in my life yeah i mean so it's just, I mean, that that's what we get these days, though, with popular music. We get that kind of stuff, and it's it's a, it's a shame. I'm kind of going off on a tangent because I've, I, I tell people this all the time. You know, I know I sound like an old guy when I'm like, 
Oh, music's just not, it's the worst it's ever been. But I can make an argument for that as a rock fan because you go, think about in the 90s, you know, um, bands like Nirvana, The Gin Blossoms, R.E.M., Pearl Jam, all these bands were all over popular radio. You go back to the 80s and you're going to hear everything, we mentioned Warrant, you did everything from Warrant to Corey Hart to Simple Minds. You know, all like rock type music, and that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, no, I disagree when people say it's dead. No, it's just that playing it on the radio is dead. It's it's dead is in the same way people want to say traditional country's dead. No, it's not. It's just they don't want to play it on the radio anymore. They want to play the worst kind of country there is, just like mainstream, you know, pop radio, whatever. They want to play the worst kind of music they can possibly get their hands on. Yeah, bro country, man. That's as bad as it gets. Um, it really is. But, um, Chris, but, there were... You Sorry, you got anything else? No, no, go ahead. Go All ahead. right. Okay. So, back when rock bands were rock bands, um, one of the biggest was Guns N' Roses. And, uh, you know, we never thought we would ever see um, Slash and Duff and Axel playing together but um they have coexisted now for about two and a half or three years and uh all seems to be lovey-dovey like a honeymoon and slight richard fortis a couple of weeks ago said he thought that there was going to be um new guns music and then slash came out and said yeah we have a plan and um you know we're gonna when i get off the road with the conspirators we're gonna we're gonna go in and we're gonna put some stuff down and and um um you know, Axel released a song recently where he's singing like this Looney Tunes event or something, a uh, show, and it's the first, you know, new music from Axel that we've heard since Chinese Democracy. And so, um, I don't know. It sounds like there's at least a chance, which in the past there hasn't been. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what that band would sound like now with Slash in it compared to Chinese Democracy. Well, yeah, and that's a good, that, that's a, good thought there because you know i mean how much is um how much is axel gonna i mean he he didn't have any kind of pushback with his other band i mean it was all him you know he ran the show but you got to believe slash and duff are gonna have to have somewhat of an input and maybe fortis as well you know i don't know anything about fortis's writing he may be an excellent writer um so hopefully, I mean, they, they, he, they are allowed to get in there. They can make it actually sound more like a Guns N' Roses record. My concern is, is it going to take Chinese democracy type time to make it? You know, well, There's um, no way that it, I mean, there's no way that it could, I mean, just given their ages. Well, and maybe they won't just because that was Axel at the control doing everything. And now maybe with all of them actually being able to, if they all have a little bit more of a say, they can push something out a little bit quicker, well, and and there's no there's no need to sell to sell a bunch of copies because nobody is. No, exactly, exactly. So, one more band uh, that you and I have seen together, uh, Van Halen, has been in the news lately. Um, there's been these rumors. Uh, Roth said something about the original lineup getting back together this summer, and uh, Michael Anthony just said, "I've not spoken to those guy to." Uh, the brothers, but that doesn't mean he hasn't spoken to the management. And so I think it was this week, Sammy Hagar was, I think it was Eddie Trunk show. And he said that the Van Halen, their, their manager or whatever reached out to Michael Anthony six months ago 
and said that um, they wanted him to come on tour with them. They were going to do, I think, like 10 shows, and they were going to have Michael come out and um, perform a couple of songs with them, and then they wanted Mikey to, Mike to sing um, uh, Somebody Get Me a Doctor, let him sing it. And so, um, uh, and apparently they wanted to go back in and re-record Van Halen 1 with Wolfie on it and uh, release that. And apparently Michael Anthony wouldn't agree to it. I guess he has some say-so in that he wouldn't agree to it. So then uh, they offered this to him. Um, So, uh, you know, Sammy is saying that's what happened. And, you know, Michael Anthony is one of the all-time nice guys in music. And so... And so is Sammy. I don't think Sammy would have said that if it wasn't true. And then, you know, you Uh have Roth from a couple of months ago saying that the originals could get back together. Uh, Personally, I would like to see it just for anything from Michael Anthony, a guy that, you know, keeps his mouth shut and um, has, you know, really been mistreated by the Van Halen brothers by all accounts. It'd be nice to see him get one last hurrah with them. But you say for on some of the shows, are you saying they want to do like giving the Steven Adler treatment where he comes out and plays a few songs? Yeah, I think I think I read like it was like three songs. They're like I'd let, turn that down if I were him. They would like let him do the bass solo, you know, that he's known to do where he runs around drinks to Jack Daniels and then a couple of songs. That's what Sam said. I'd, I'd absolutely turn that down if I were him. I mean, I, I would. That'd be to me, that's just me. It'd be a slap. If I were him, that's a slap in the face. Unless they want him to play the whole show. There, yeah. there's. I hope he doesn't agree to it. I mean, I know you say that you'd be cool to see him. I really hope he doesn't because I feel I think that's disrespectful. We know it's. Hey, I'm gonna have my son continue to play, but we're gonna let you come out and play a few songs. You know, Wolfie has an album coming out, and he also plays with Tremonti. So, well, there may we don't know what's going on. So maybe they're talking to him. Maybe because of everything that Wolfie's doing, maybe they want him on for a full tour. And, and if they do that, then yeah, hell yeah, I'm on board. Put him on there. I'd love to see it. But, but you, what's so? I don't want him to come on and you know play for a few songs. We know those guys are so secretive. They may have like three albums recorded and going to come out and release them for all we know. Um, yeah, I, so, I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool if they did a full a full on tour with him. But don't give him the Adler treatment. I mm-hmm. mean, we know Adler has had his own issues, so I understand why they don't bring Adler on full time. But yeah, there's no reason to do that to Michael Anthony. Well, Chris, but, you have told me, um, you had texted me about a documentary that you've watched recently. Uh, yeah, this is a about, really good one. About hardcore. Yeah, I, I would, and this is one, you know, you might want to check out it. A, a friend of mine at, at work told me about this. He's, uh, he's the one I told you I, I work with two guys. One's like really into punk and a lot of stuff I like, and, and um, one's a big-time metalhead. He's the guy I went to Cannibal Corpse with. But... Where we do all, can, with the three of us music friends, where we can all, where we all have common ground, is when we talk about certain hardcore bands. Because this friend of mine is all in metal; he likes hardcore, and he suggested. Um, he asked me what I seen. Is Showtime did this? I guess about a year or two ago, and I didn't have Showtime. But Showtime put out something called the Godfathers of Hard, the Godfathers of Hardcore, and it's about Agnostic Front, and. Um, yeah, you know, I know I know a decent amount of Agnostic Front's music, and so I decided to check it out. It's it's a really really good documentary. No need of me going on and on about what's what's what takes place, but it's it's there's just there's two of the original members that are still going. Um, it's Roger Merritt and then Vinny Stigma, and Vinny Stigma is you know he's the guitarist, and he, I mean he's the one that formed Agnostic Front and. You 
find out what a character he is. He just seems like a fun-loving guy. And I mean, as New York as anybody you'll ever see, born in, he didn't he wasn't just born and raised in New York. He's still living in the same building with, that he was born in in New York, in Manhattan, the same building he grew up in. Could you and, briefly tell people what hardcore is? Oh, that's hard to really describe what it what it is. I mean, I think most anybody that's that I would think a lot of people should have an idea somewhat, but if you don't. Um, you know, I, I almost look at it as like you blend in metal and you blend in punk. Um, because the, all those punk elements are there. They're, they're fast songs. They're angry songs. Um, the not Usually not crazy and, you know, great musicianship, although some of them are. Um, and, but then it has the kind of that aggression of metal um i would just say much heavier much heavier punk and um it's like a metaled up version of punk and to give you a little idea too of where where some of this hardcore comes from it's like with slayer i'll use that they're a great example those guys in slayer were all metalheads hard made crazy in like judas priest all that kind of stuff and I, and I and I recently and I've known this forever, but I recently read an article with uh, Dave Lombardo on the uh, anniversary of uh, Jeff Hanneman's birthday, or when is, I think it was his birthday. I don't think it's the anniversary of his death. I think it was his birthday, and he was he did a he did an interview, and he was talking about Hanneman, and he was talking about how they were just such metalheads, and Hanneman was super into you know discharge and and just you know the stuff like Agnostic Front. Um, all those uh, dead Kennedys, all that stuff. And he brought it to Slayer. And Slayer, you can really hear where that speed that they had, a lot of that came from that hardcore that they were all influenced by. Um, and I know I'm probably doing a terrible job explaining what hardcore is, but that's the best way I know how to do it is just. No, that's good. How- you know, there's just so many subgenres. And like you go to Wikipedia, like I went to Wikipedia and looked the band up today, you know, and it's. Hardcore and all this kind of stuff, and you have hardcore, grindcore, you know, all this stuff. So I, you, I thought you'd give it, do a good job of explaining. Yeah, and, and hardcore, but yeah, and you're right. There are so many subgenres. But hardcore is, is, I mean, God, there's now they're starting to be like people are calling like, like progressive hardcore and different things like that. Just to your point, but hardcore is kind of a standalone, as in metal, punk, hardcore. Hey, is a you know, is a is a prog punk song one that goes four minutes? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know the timely. There's one that's out there right now, a band that I, that actually is getting a lot of that kind of where I'm really kind of starting hearing that. A band called Vane. I've heard Not of them. The glam band Vane. Yeah, a band called Vane. And um, like the glam band was Vane, as in Carly Simon, you're so Vane. This is Vane, as in what's in your body. Right. Um. But but yeah, this documentary. But by the way, think about that. Living in the same building, your entire. I, I was talking to this friend of mine, and I was saying, man. It makes you wonder, you know, with the way everything is, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the building paid for it. It's like, how has he been able to manage staying in Manhattan all these years? How has he even afforded it? But somehow he does. If you watch this guy, and it seems like he doesn't need a, he doesn't require much for life. You know, he just is in that building, and it looks like he's all he does is walks around the street in, in his neighborhood, knows just about everybody in the neighborhood. That's um, really cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds interesting. It, it, 
it is a cool little documentary. And then the final thing we'll get to our topic is, I was just going to say, I don't know if, if anybody, if this if a show is passing, if this show passes through your town, there's a co-headlining tour going right now, Murder by Death and J. Roddy Walston and the Business. And I've listened, I've seen, I'd seen Murder by Death twice before. I just went out my third time to see him. I'm, um, I really like the band, but I didn't know who Jay, who Jay Ruddy Walston in the business was. And I mean, they, they, they kind of alternate, you know, a lot of bands have done when they're doing co-headlining as far as who goes on last. And Jay Roddy went on last this night. And I will say that most of those people seem to be there for Jay Roddy. And I mean, that place, it's only about a 300 you know, person venue, but it was just about maxed out. And I mean, these people were so, super fired up when he came on and i wanted to mention it david because i think it's somebody that you should probably check out because when i was telling my cousin i was going to the show i went to see him on a friday night it was last friday and he said and my cousin lives in dallas and he said he said man i meant to text you i was going to ask you if you wanted to come in to see this show they're playing here sunday and so my cousin went and murder by death went uh they they were the, the last band to go that night but anyway I was texting him while I was at the show, and then when he went to the show, he was texting me. And this is what made me think of you, David. He said, he's telling me, he's like, man, Jay Roddy's really, really good. He, and uh, he said, he said, this uh, he said kind of reminds me of the Black Crows. Hmm. Now, you're not going to hear Black Crows being a Black Crows fan immediately when you hear it. But there's, I think there may be some kind of elements where it, it's almost, they don't jam. Don't get me wrong, they don't jam at all. Well, kind of, sort of. Some of the songs are kind of long, but they're not a jam band, but they have, I look at them as just an indie rock band that, that kind of goes a little bit more in that direction than some other bands, um, which I'm going to use when we get to our topic, which will be our segue going after this. But um, anyway, you got to check them out. Check out, and I listened to all their records the, the day of that show while I was at work. I think they've got four or five of them, and the newest one is far and away the best one. I um, don't remember what it's called, but... Just look at the most recent one and listen to it. I, I, I do think there's a really good chance you're going to like this band, David. Will do. You have piqued my interest. All right. So we don't really have much of a topic this week. It's just something I thought it would be kind of fun where um, I would recommend two albums to Chris that I, by bands that I think he would like. He would recommend two albums to me that he thinks I would like, and we would listen to them. And then I would pick which album I think Chris liked the best versus and he would do the same for me so i'm gonna let chris go first but i'm gonna tell you the two albums i gave him were decoration day by the drive-by truckers and a deeper understanding by the war on drugs and my prediction is that he's gonna like the war on drugs the best correct you are so how do we how are we going to do this? Do you want to? Well, why don't you, you just talk, talk about just, both albums? Yeah, just talk just about one? just a few minutes off about each album, and then why right. you picked one or the other. All right, let me start with um, let me start with the Drive By Truckers. Again, like you said, Decoration Day. Um, I've known the Drive By Truckers for a long time. I've seen them live. Um, I think I've seen them live twice. It's crazy that I can't even really remember, but I think I've seen them twice. And the first time I saw them was, I, I, I have seen them twice. And I've seen them both. Didn't they open up for the Black Crows one time? Mm-hmm. Lots of times. And then I, well, we saw them together. Yeah, Black yeah. And then, and then I saw them probably two or three years before that. This is when they were 
I mean, obviously they weren't just starting out, but they didn't have the name that they have now. That's for sure. Right. And um, I remember I really liked seeing them live that time. I, they was first I was hearing of them. But um, anyway, this is a band that you and I have talked about before. Where you're like, well, I'm surprised you don't like them because of the, some of the other stuff that you listen to. And I, I would never say I don't like them. I, I just they don't do a ton for me. But I think I think they're fine. That I would never talk bad about this band. I would never say I don't like them. Um, there's just nothing ne- negative I really have to say. But uh, I don't, and I actually have bought, I think, two of their albums. And so I, I'd heard this album before, but I listened to it, gave it a, a fair shake. And, and I've said this before, I... And maybe I came down off of this statement a little bit the more I listened to it, but I used to always say I'd like the band a lot better if it were just Patterson Hood singing, because I like all I usually like his songs the best. You know, because I feel like you know, Jason Isbell, he's another one that like I don't mind him, and I think he's got some really good songs, and I, and I do like that Southeastern album a lot. But for me personally, he's overrated. That's just me personally, mm-hmm. and so I'm not. I mean, the, the Jason Isbell trucker songs aren't going to just knock me in. They're not going to blow me away. But on this album, I think it's I think it's a decent album. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you my... I'll sum up these at the end once I go over best, the, my best way to sum them up at the end. But um, like a few songs that I really liked. I, I love the song, and I knew this song before, and I, I really like this song a lot. Hell No, I Ain't Happy. That's a great song, by far my favorite one on the album, and one of my favorite songs by them. Um, and as I'm talking, like, I like all just Patterson Hood, I'm going to give you one that's not a Patterson Hood that I really like. I like the song Marry Me a lot. That would be a great Rolling Stones song. Yeah, I could I could hear that. And then I like the, I like the self-titled song, Decoration Day. And those aren't the only ones I like. Mm-hmm. Those are just kind of some standout tracks for me. But, again, it's not, it's not a bad album. It's just not, I'm not blown away by it. Now, The War on Drugs, I'm not going to say I'm blown away by it, but I liked it. And um, the album, A Deeper Understanding, you know, I, my, my critique would be that sometimes the songs are a little bit too long. And, you know, whereas I said, they're kind of the, that's what I was getting at with Jay Roddy, that there's almost like elements of like where some people that are into jam might would like them, but they're not a jam, neither one of them are jam bands. Mm-hmm. Um this definitely has more of just the indie rock sound. And I, I, I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I really liked it. And I had no problem listening to it several times. Um, I didn't really do that with the drive by truck. Mm-hmm. I listened to this one several times and few that I really liked was, uh, up all night, holding on nothing to find. And the way I'd sum up these albums, if you ask me, what do I think? This is the way I would say it. Would I buy them? Drive-by truckers, I wouldn't buy it. Would I buy War on Drugs? Yes, and I probably will. Cool. That's well, yeah, the best I, way I can describe. Yeah, it. I thought I thought for sure it was going to be the War on Drugs because um, it's not that's not music that I'm necessarily normally drawn to. And mm-hmm. talking about how things come full circle, I found out about the drive-by truckers on a Black Crow's message board. Uh, pre, I think it was like the the day or the week that. Um, uh, Decoration Day came out, and so many people were saying, you know, this band is so great. I went and bought that CD without ever hearing a song, and um, just really, really, really liked it. Of course, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, 
the reason I say that um, um, I always thought you would get into a more, you know, if you listen to their stuff, they have they have some punk sensibilities, and they listen to a lot of punk growing up. You know, they're big fans of the Clash and the Replacements, but uh, you you also are kind of drawn to people that have unique voices, and Patterson Hood has kind of a unique voice, and they write. You know, they're a very lyric-driven driven band. They write a lot of stuff from, like, a third-person perspective. And that's kind of a lot of the stuff, you know, with a narrative to it that um, that I know that you like. But, uh, no, that's fine that you... Uh, and that's why I was drawn to... to that's my, and that's a good point that you made. That's why I'm more drawn to Patterson Hood as a vocalist because, you know, like, you take, like, Jason Isbell. It's a very smooth voice. It's a nice voice. He's a, he's a, he's a more talented vocalist by a mile. Mm-hmm. Patterson Hood, he's... Unique is the way in the way that Jay Farrar is unique in the way that, um, yeah, uh, Mike Ness, um, you know, Chuck Reagan, he's got a unique sound. And none of those guys that I name are, are gifted vocalists, but they all, well, actually, I said this to you before. I think Chuck Reagan is actually a very, very, he's got a very skilled voice. Um, it's just got a little bit of a gravel to it. And then the war on drugs, you know, you're you're big into new wave and indie music and and stuff like that. And so I thought it was kind of a perfect amalgamation of those two things because uh, you know you could listen to that album. Uh, Adam Grandiseal, he definitely listened to The Cure, you know, um, and some of those '80s bands. They came on talking about how things come full circle. They came on their, my radar because I heard people talking about them on a drive by truckers message board when their uh, second album, Slave Ambient, came out, and I liked it. It had a couple of good songs on it, um, but uh, the other songs are just kind of meh. And then Lost in a Dream was the next album, and um, it it was a lot better. And then this one came out, and I bought it, and I like all the songs on there. It actually won a Grammy for Rock Album of the Year last year. Um, I didn't know that. And so again, we just we just talked about. It. I don't I don't keep up with the career. I mean. Right. So anyway, so knowing you and, and kind of how you like music, I thought that the new waveness of it would would probably appeal to you. Um, and uh, so that's why I thought you would like it better. Uh, my favorite song on there is a song called Pain. It has an extended guitar solo at the end that just i don't know just does it for me um normally i will tell you chris they don't have songs that that are normally this long so this was apparently they had a big budget for this album and there was a lot of tinkering that went on and uh, it's a little more guitar driven than the other albums um, i actually think you would probably like um lost in a dream the album before this you'd probably like it a little bit more but they're not oh, nec- i'll check it out then. they're not nece- they don't necessarily have this many long songs on it so um all right, so that was your picks. Why don't you tell everybody what you wanted me to listen to? Well, I went, and I'll go and tell you why I did, whereas you were telling me why he picked those. I'll tell why I did both of these. Um, so the first one I did, I think, will kind of feed well off of you recommended Drive-By Truckers. I recommended American Aquarium, and American Aquarium is finally starting to get noticed. And, man, they were, I mean, they were, they nobody knew who they were for, I mean, they put out, they put out several records. But um, the one that is still my favorite is Burn, Flicker, Die. And I thought this would be good for you because, you know, he's a, he's a good, I think B.J. Barham is a good songwriter. He uh, he kind of gets that, that gaslight type of emotion out of him sometimes. Um, I think he has that, a little bit of that kind of, 
almost kind of country type rock sound of a of a drive by truckers or even an Uncle Tupelo. Um, and the band actually is named. I think I've told you this before. It's it's named because of Wilco, right. Wilco lyric. So he's a big Wilco fan, and so I thought that would be. That's why I thought of that one for you. And I, I just feel like that's one of those bands that you've been sleeping on for a while, never really wanted to get a chance, got a chance to listen to, and I thought that might open the door. And then the other is one I've been preaching to you for a while now. And so it's like, this will finally be my chance to let you see if you like them. And that's the Airborne Toxic event. And the Airborne Toxic event, though they don't sound really like them, I really give the Gaslight Anthem comparison because they are both yeah, incredibly, I think his name's Mike Juliet. He's, just got he emotes on the same level as like a Bron Fallon to me. He is a very deep thought, you know, lyricist. Um, and their songs just some of so many of their songs move me in a way that Gaslight does. And like I said, they don't sound exactly the same. Gaslight kind of has that punk influence. You don't really get that off of Airborne Toxic Event. But I recommended the, their debut album, self titled. Initially, I went with uh, Dope Machines, which is. But then I thought, because I, I think Dope Machines probably my favorite, but Dope Machines was, that was their fourth album, and they decided they wanted to just do something different. They wanted to kind of put away the guitars and make more of an electronic-based album. But I thought, you know, that's not really who they are, considering their first three albums were all more just rock records. And so I chose my favorite of the rock records, and I thought it'd be something you would identify with more. So that's why I reached those two, those two records. All right, which one did you think? I would pick. I didn't think, but if I had to guess, I'm going to say um, Airborne Toxic Event. As of I about I'm wrong. as of about three o'clock today, you were right, uh, and I changed my mind. I went to the the gym this afternoon and listened to um, Burn Flicker Die one more time. Um, honestly, they both kind of come in. If I was like doing like a five star rating, they're probably both gonna almost have like an equal rating. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the drive by truckers were actually instrumental, I think in helping America. I think they took them out on tour a lot um, when they were first starting. All right. So I'm going to preface this and, and, and I think you'll understand me. Um, <laughs> American aquarium from everything I can tell and everything I've heard you say is like a real success story. They have toured their rear ends off and yep. played, you know, 250 300 shows a year and work really hard and for that you have to commend them uh, that is awesome that's you know that's building from the grassroots with that said i almost felt prejudiced against this because what's the lead singer's name bj barham because of how he acts on twitter <laughs> oh he, he um, i think he's i think he's a very um he i think he's a little bit mentally unstable in a way he or i shouldn't say that i think he's got anger issues um i think he's got severe anger issues and so i mean it's his twitter he can do whatever he wants to i'm not trying to say that i'm just saying like um but you shouldn't be having arguments with your fans well i i would i just wouldn't take the bait but i mean it's his and obviously like i said you got to commend the guy hard-working guy I, i have total respect for that and i have respect for his songwriting ability i'm not bashing him i'm just saying you know, for a lot, big chunks of time sometimes, because we follow all these bands. Yeah, like, I'm listening to Nutcase when I'm listening to this <laughs> album. <laughs> but uh, anyway, 
Uh, there are several songs on here I really like. The ones that I had listed is Cape Fear River. Um, St. Mary's was probably my favorite song on the album. Um, song number four, Abe Lincoln. When I heard that, it sounded to me like an like a song that Mike Cooley of the Drive-By Truckers could have written. Um, I really liked it. Uh, the song Burn, Flicker, Die, the title track, really good. Um, Savannah Almost Killed Me, I thought was really good. And um, I liked Jacksonville. Um, Surprised you didn't name Casualties. That's my absolute favorite song by them, period. Really? I mean, I... Yeah. I I love the lyrics in it. Well, at some point on some of this stuff, though, like, and especially like with the, now this album was a lot more, had a lot more rock feel than their newest album, which is the only other one I was familiar with, which was more country. Mm-hmm. To me, though, on some of these songs, he's kind of basically revisiting the same theme over and over again. And so at times that kind of got on my nerves a little bit, but. Um, Almost like, hey, I'm a loser. Sorry. Just kind of like, you know. I don't know, like, um, bad relationships. These bad decisions. Alcohol. Yeah, these bad yeah, decisions. Bad, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, but uh, like I said, um, it actually was coming in second place to Airborne Toxic Event, which until you and I started doing this podcast and started in, started talking about some of this, I, I honestly had never heard of them. Um, and for. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought their name was Toxic Airborne Event. So you were sending me texts and abbreviating it ATE, and I'm like, "Oh, Chris, it's, it's just uh, you know autocorrects messing him up. It's Toxic Airborne Event." And so I would like go to Spotify and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, "I know this is the band, you know." And I just I don't know, just kept getting it backwards in my head. But um, I will tell you this: uh, I really like song number one, "Wishing Well." Um, song number three, "Gasoline," Ga- uh, "Gasoline," "Gasoline." Uh, I really like that was my third favorite song on the album, Wishing Well being number one. The album Sun, Sometime Around Midnight, I just have on my notes, Simply Stunning. And on the bonus issue... But that's, but that's, he said stunning, but that's not your favorite song? No, it is my favorite song. Oh, I was going to say, man, my yeah. God, that's, that's my favorite song by them, period. Right. And, and the, uh, lyrics, the lyrics will just, you know... Well, it's a true story. It'll make you want to cry. Yeah, and so when I was, so I've been. Is doing it a true some, story? How'd you find that? Yeah, out? all right. So I've been up? doing some research on them, Chris. All right. <clears throat> so apparently, the lead singer, this happened at a bar, and the entire band saw it happen. And he, from my understanding, he saw someone he used to be in love with, and has as the first time seeing her. And this was his response to it. Uh, and the the article I read said the whole band was there and saw that, and he. If I remember correctly, he locked himself basically in a room for three days, and this is the song that came out. Yeah, I mean, you can hear, and I told you when I first told you about that that song, I liked it. I said it's kind of a in a in a in some way or another, it's a place where we've all been, you know, guy or girl, mm-hmm. we've all been in that spot, you know, um, just seeing your ex with another, and uh, just fall, just falling apart as a result, and that's what that song is. It's heartbreaking. And on the the deluxe edition, there's uh, more of acoustic stripped down version of it. Yeah, um, uh-huh. that is really good. Um, some of the kind of thoughts I had when I was listening to it um, at times, I thought it was the Killers meet the Cure to some extent. Um, and then I thought some of the stuff had more of an indie type feel to it than than others. Um, also, like Happiness is overrated. Um, the other Not so- innocence, huh? Glass song. Uh, well, it really do anything for it, you? it really. At first, I thought it was going to be an instrumental. 
Um, yeah, it's a long when, build. Yeah, when I was listening to it, but um, yeah, those are the songs that I, that I really liked on it, and um, I keep like a running playlist on Spotify sometimes. Oh, well, not, not sometimes, all the time, of just like songs. I think I entitled it "Good Stuff" or whatever. Just songs that I like. You know, it's really uh-huh. really long, so I can see myself putting at least four songs off the American Aquarium album on that list and four songs off the Airborne Toxic event. And like I said, the past week or so, I was like, it's Airborne Toxic event. Like I said, I went to the gym, got on the treadmill, and could really concentrate on uh, Burn, Flick, or Die. And so it went out like 51 to 50. Um, well, on it. I also picked these because, you know, Kate, when I recommended, you know, I, Clark and I have tried, to, tried forever to get him into air, to uh, American Aquarium. He finally did, and he went full force and became obsessed with them. You and he, he I've laughed, I've laughed about this with you all, all the time. Y'all are both the same way when it comes to that kind of stuff. You just completely ignore everything, every recommendation, and then you finally it just clicks and you're gung-ho, and you, you, that's all you want to listen to. And he does the same thing. And he did that with both bands. And, um, and so I thought, you know, the way that he got so into them, in the same way that you did Gaslight, I thought it might, and, and we're, that might hit you that way. And then I also thought, where you, you said uh, Airborne Toxic Event, The Cure, The Killers, I would say maybe more, and I never really thought about this, when you said The Killers, it made me think, well, you know where I might go? I might go The Killers, Gaslight. Yeah, I could see that. I might put them in there, because I do think there are some similarities between them and the Gaslight Anthem. I, mean, I know they don't say on the... They're different kinds of music, but there's similarities, especially from with the singer. And I just think that I think his voice is so good, and, and I love the uh, I love using the uh, the cello in the music. That's definitely uh, that's definitely unique. Um, all right, Chris, we thought this one maybe about an hour, and it was an hour and eight minutes. Um, yeah. I told you at first, you said, oh, this will go about 30 minutes. No, it's going to go an hour with everything that we've got to do. And I, I haven't done, I mean, I know you've done done this more recently. I haven't done one in, what, three at, weeks, least, probably at least three. And and not only that, but we've talked about this, we talked about this towards the end of the year, or when we did our, our best of, that this year was looking really bright for new music. You no, know, we're one less album than we thought we were going to have. Less, Mr. Three less, three. Mr. Ryan at it, yeah. But, um... But so far, it's working out like I thought it would. And there's some albums that are coming out that I didn't know at first were going to. Right. Yeah, I've been surprised that we even have some coming out. And uh, I showed you my um, my Amazon queue with the stuff that I had in there and how many new releases are coming. And so this was uh, a lot of them just kind of, I mean, three of them got released since the last time I did this. And so I was like, well, I need to talk about these. Well, yeah, so, we've got a lot of good I, I, music. I didn't have much of that last year. I really didn't have much. I didn't have a whole lot to talk about music-wise. And I feel like I'm just scratching the surface because there are a lot more albums that I'm looking forward well, to. That, um, that new tour tour comes out Friday. Yeah, uh-huh. so we'll actually be, I'm sure Steve will probably listen to that yeah. too. And so we'll all three be able to able to uh, talk about that. We'll give a review of that. We'll do a, you know, we'll have a couple of... Um, Greatest hits, Kiss guys, and a Kiss mega fan. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to come off as idiots, right? With Kiss. Well, everybody, okay. Thank you for uh, listening this week. Um, and uh, you follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, like our Instagram page. 
at Digital Kill the Radio Star Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever uh, um, uh, platform you do, and uh, leave us a uh, a review on iTunes or um, Stitcher or Facebook or uh, Podchaser. That would be great. Uh, Dave Chamberlain and Jay Sabliski, I've got something in the ma- going out in the mail to you guys this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, like I said, Chris and I will be back next week with the hottest band in the land, Kiss. Talk to you guys later.